Hello and welcome to the Health in Focus with Jacobus podcast. I am your host, Jacobus Holloway. The purpose of the show is to talk about health, healing and healthy lifestyles in a format that is down to earth and pretty easy to comprehend. Most shows will be conversations with experts in the field. However, sometimes I will do a podcast on my own, tackling other topics that interest me. The focus is on information, education, and even some entertainment. It's not a program where we diagnose, treat, or cure any diseases. In case this podcast and topic tickle your interest, please continue your own research by discussing it with a preferred medical professional, by reading books on the topic, or by doing more research on the internet. I am not a doctor, more like a journalist. I have been in this field for over 30 years, which include hosting a three-hour weekly local radio show for 19 years from 2000 through 2019. Through the years, I've also written many articles on health-related topics and have used other avenues with others to share what I've learned. I hope you'll enjoy this podcast and that you will become a follower for more show updates. Also, please sign up at my website, healthinfocusnow.com and receive updates on podcasts and articles. Thank you very much. Now, let's go to today's guest and topic. It's a dear friend of mine. His name is Toby McAdam. Toby is what I would call, besides that he's a good friend, he is an expert on iodine supplements. And we thought we'll talk today about iodine to teach you more about it because there is a lot to know. There is a lot that is essential to our health. And he is the owner, proprietor, and everything else that is needed, the janitor, from Rising (laughs) Sun Health, Rising Sun Health in Livingston, Montana. If you wanna look up information, then go to the website Lugol's Iodine Solution, single, lugolsiodinesolution.com, where you will find very detailed information about iodine. But today we have a conversation with Toby. If you like to order products, if you like to get more information, there is a toll-free number. It's 844-406-2339. 844-406-2339. And um, if you long to go, if you do want to order products without calling this number, you can go to Rising Sun Iodine Products. RisingSunIodineProducts.com. You can also go to BozemanNutrition.com, Bozeman, Montana, BozemanNutrition.com. Toby, it's wonderful to have you finally on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this day. Well, it's it's been a while. I appreciate it. I almost had to dig out the snowshoes to get here. But it has been something, hasn't it? I have never seen this. This is back from the 70s. Yeah. It's April 5 today and yeah. uh, 2023. It and was, we had, we've been dumped on. Uh, it was 16 degrees. I swear I saw a penguin. <laughs> I think we're getting... Because, <laughs> boy, I'll tell you, it's... Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, what, about 130, 140%? Normal, yeah, uh, above the uh, precipitation. So, you and iodine, in my opinion, they're intertwined. You're more than that. I know you're more than that, and you have also worked with herbs. I have known you for many years, and I have talked 
to the people who have used your product and who've seen phenomenal, miraculous healing. And today we're talking primarily about the iodine because it is obviously a nutrient, it's not a toxin. So it is one of the things that you need, we need in our diet. And sadly, over the years, over the decades, we have lost a lot of iodine and therefore we are seeing healthy health problems. Can you tell me some of these health problems that occur when we are deficient in iodine? Well, there's there's quite a few, but let, let me touch on this, this iodine is a nutrient. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me what is probably the most important nutrient that a person could take. And I tell them, well, think about this. Iodine is the only nutrient ever mandated by governments. Huh. That will tell you that iodine is essential. They put it in iodized salt. Um, kids were required, they want it into children. The World Health Organization talked about iodine deficiency leads to retardation. So now, if you think about that, the term retardation, that tells you how long that it's been in. They've known about iodine. Hmm. The first known reference to iodine is written in the Chinese Medical Journal, 3600 BC. So, so they knew about iodine. The thing about iodine is your body doesn't produce it. It has to be taken as a supplement. Hmm. Um, there's a false, I guess, uh, by the medical industry that there's people have an allergy to iodine. You cannot have an allergy to iodine hmm. if you, because it's, it's essential for the thyroid and for other, the blood, it, for the nerves, and for the whole endocrine system. Yeah, yeah. People do have a sensitivity to maybe how much iodine, especially when we're talking um, elemental iodine mm -hmm. or the molecular iodine. That is what makes an iodine solution red. What is elemental? What is uh, it? It is. Yeah, it's molecular. the molecular, st uh, the stage of iodine. Okay. So that's where it's red. It's very toxic to humans. So that's why you have to have at least a two to one ratio of iodide to dissolve that so the cells can absorb it. Iodide. Iodide. It's the ionic for it's the ionic or the uh, form of iodine. You put it and it just gets absorbed by the cells. So I'm just saying it is a nutrient and you're saying now it is a toxin on a molecular level. The elemental iodine. The elemental the red, iodine. The white iodine or what we call the iodide. That is healthy. It has to, it gets into the plants, gets absorbed. But the elemental iodine, which is the molecular, the, the molecule structure of the iodine, mm -hmm. that's toxic. So in order for the body, because if you ever took a, a iodine, the regular iodine and put it in water, it just sets in the bottom. Because when we make the iodine crystals, we use potassium iodide, dissolve it. And then we put in, you know, we use hydrochloric acid which is basically like stomach acid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we use hydrogen peroxide. Then all of a sudden, the they, they, they form, the crystals form. Huh. We do not use heat. Right now, every 
I would say your iodine out there and even companies that furnish what they call prilled iodine, it's all heated. And if you heat iodine, you affect the structure and you get that metal taste. Uh-huh. We use this process that Lugol's used, Dr. Lugol's used, room temperature. I didn't even know there was a doctor involved. <laughs> well, Lugo, they called Lugo. him Dr. Uh, John Lugol's. Or John Lugol's. Which was, a, he, he created the solution. And the reason, um, his idea to, was to use it with TB. Mm -hmm. But they became so many different forms. His original solution was based on 5% iodine, 10% iodide, and 130 milliliters of water. Okay. His calculation was there was in, in iodide. So um, every time you say iodide, you mean potassium iodide. Potassium iodide, no, sodium okay. iodide. As long as I know. But potassium iodide. And you have to have something in with that to make the iodide so it's dissolved. Regular iodine is just, there's nothing in it to break it down. And so that's, that's why it sits on the bottom exactly, of the water. Exactly, exactly. Huh. So when when you mix that, and the way he made it was room temperature. And then so over the years, iodine, Lugo's iodine solution, which um, is made with, I, there's only three ingredients. Okay. Distilled water iodine and potassium iodide okay. that's it mm. if you see anything else in it it's just that's not the original formula that's not the, the benefit is not there it really affects but you were life. just talking about hydrochloric acid and h2o2 what where did that come in then? that what we you want to make the crystals and this is how he made the crystals okay you dissolve the potassium iodide in distilled water okay and then once they're dissolved in those crystals, now when you put the iodine crystals, the potassium iodide in water and add dis and with distilled water, yeah. that solution becomes cold, ice cold. Really? <laughs> it is cold. So you have to leave it and let it become room temperature. Huh. Then you, add, you know, and then that's how you work with it. Okay. But it, you cannot use heat. So now you have the potassium iodide crystals with distilled water. They dissolve. Right. And they become ice cold. And then they get, you wait till they get to room temperature. Then yeah. what are you going to well, do? Well, and then what you do is there's, there's, and then you have to keep, there, there can't be light. There's, there's light you affect with light. There's oh. so many different processes I work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have found that if you do it, it, boy, it'll start, it'll, boil over and <laughs> so <laughs> um, the hydrochloric acid will it'll start coming out the beakers and I mean your fumes will get up there you'll have purple fumes no there's there's a lot to it it took me a few tests and I burnt my lungs a few times I scarred myself I so. burnt myself with the hydrochloric acid yeah hydrochloric acid is also used to uh, battery acid or something well no it's, no, it's not, used not the same to get, but it's, to that's get how gold. strong it is it's used to get gold out of when they're processing gold, huh. hydrochloric acid. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, another thing with hydrochloric acid is called muriatic acid, paint thinner. Huh. And that's where some people have been trying to make it with, and that is 
toxic. We use the hydrochloric acid we use is basically it's it's pharmaceutical grade. It, mm -hmm. it, it goes through a testing process. Cause so and it's the same thing with our hydrogen peroxide. We make sure that it's it's a you know there's no problem. The food with grade, it. food yes. grade thirty five percent. So do you is the hydrochloric acid liquid? Yes. Huh. Yeah. So now you got the crystals. Potassium iodide crystals mixed in distilled water. So when you di dist get it, the down iodine there is not into no. in it yet. Then when you pour the hydrochloric acid in, okay, and you pour uh, the hydrogen peroxide. That, this is just the basic. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're not careful on how you mix those ratios, sure, boy, it, it's you're going to burn your lungs. But anyway, all of it. Then after a while, you'll see it turn red or a dark, dark purple. Huh. And then you see these little crystals forming, and they're called iodine flakes. Okay. That's what we make. Okay. Prilled iodine is made with chemicals, but it has a kerosene base, mm -hmm. and it's heat. And that's where, when people talk about the taste of iodine, that's why people say our iodine taste does not taste like a normal. Um, yeah, what you expect from iodine. Yeah, when it you has have. That. Uh, the, the for, for cleaning out wounds, I think right. you, you call a provodone or something? Provodone iodine, and then that's a where certain they've smell been using provodone in some of these solutions, spray solutions. Provodone iodine is strictly intended to be taken externally. If you take it internally, you're going to cause some serious damages huh. to tissues, huh. whether it's nasal tissues or skin tissues. Hmm. So iodine, you have to go back and look what is the best form of iodine and what makes the healthy. Because there's articles about how iodine has been used on cancer. Mm -hmm. I have people that put it on, they tell me it removes skin tags. We make a, we even have some cosmetic companies that are picking up what we call our our iodine, our white iodine, and they're putting it into cosmetics. It is working on age Rejuvenation. Uh, oh, yeah. It just because iodine is one of the best sanitizers, disinfectants there is. During COVID, people were using hand sanitizers. And that is probably the alcohol based is the most dangerous form. It will cause more damage because alcohol kills and it affects all healthy. It doesn't know the difference between good and bad bacteria. Okay. So it's going to go after everything. Huh. Iodine is extremely unique. It's kind of like blood root. It knows what's good and what's bad. Huh. And so that's where uh, when people take it internally uh, for stomach and stuff and ulcers, because that's why they used that. Iodine was used as an antiviral back all the way till the 30s until the Provodone was Provodone. Brought, okay. brought in. So iodine has been used all over. I mean, they use it as water disinfectant purifiers. Mm -hmm. um, there was a doctor that would go to Africa, and he would drink out of the rivers there, just put iodine in it, and they never did purify. Huh. Killed. No one ever got sick. Huh. And then we have another people that will order the 25 milligrams per drop white iodine or okay. potassium iodide solution. Yeah, yeah. They'll dump two ounces into 500 gallon their well, which usually holds, you know, three to 500 gallons. That's it, two ounces. Yeah. So iodine is extremely unique. Hmm. 
there, you know, there's no medical. All the stuff that I know comes from the there's the uh, NIH, National Institute of Health. Yeah. Which Fauci was. It's a government agency. Yeah. That's where all the, the articles are. There's there's an article in there about iodine solution in 75 to 150 parts per million that was used on tested on SARS, MERS, and numerous other pathogens mm. and was 100% effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, food surface sanitizers, if they're up to 150 parts per million, is extremely effective on bacteria, everything on the surface. Okay. Iodine is the only sanitizers in the food industry that does not have restrictions or limitations on residue. Because hmm. iodine is essential for the body. Hmm. And so when when you hear these stories about, I take enough iodine in the system, that's true, but it has to be utilized right. Uh -huh. Iodine, we should get through our diet. And that's kind of what we've, we've talked, you know, everybody talks about, you should get it through your diet. That's why people, they're, talk about iodized salt. If you had to take the amount of iodine you truly need in your system yeah. from iodized salt, you'd, you'd most likely have a heart attack. Mm. The amount that you need mm. is, is way above what you can actually take. Oh. Um, in the United States, they say 150 micrograms per day. Okay. Um, and that's why you often find in supplements 150 to 225 microgram, like right. in kelp, kelp tablets or so. Mm -hmm. But you have to go to common sense now. Okay. Uh, the NIH, National Institute of Health, there's another article. Okay. <laughs> it talks about iodine we get through our diet. The average person gets 147 to about 297 micrograms of iodine through your diet. Okay. However, on the National NIH, National Institute of Health, they talk about the excretion of iodine through your urine and stools. That's five, 480 to 500 micrograms a day you excrete through your stool and urine. Yeah. If you're excreting more than what you're taking in, that's why we have an iodine issue in this in, in the, the you know the United States. But maybe the what the NIH feels if you take 150 or 225 micrograms of iodine on top of what you hopefully get out of your nutrition, then if you excrete 4 or 500, then that should be a wash, right? If you add up those numbers. Yeah. But still, you say we, you, we would do better having more iodine because of all the other benefits that it has. So you don't want to have iodine in your diet and flush it out very quickly with the stool and the urine. You want it actually to go into the blood and do something for right. you. Right, exactly. Now, let's take a look at that. There needs to be some kind of research. There's very little research done on iodine. I mean, it's really, really scary. Oh. I mean, authoritative research. There's there's some practitioners, Dr. Brownstein or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But true, true science. Uh-huh. So the only live clinical study 
is a country that consumes the highest amount of iodine mm. since for thousands of years, mm -hmm. and that's Japan. Yeah, yeah. They consume it through their diet. They consume an average, some reports say one to three my, uh, milligrams, some reports say 10 to, uh, 10 to 14 milligrams. Yeah. What we do know is some regions in Japan consume one a milligram a day all the way up to as high as 25 milligrams a day. Yeah. So what do these people, what does the Japanese people race have? They have the lowest cancer rates in the world. They're the most intelligent people in the world. Diabetes is almost non-existent. Hmm. They live far longer than any other race. The they're skinnier. Only, they're yeah. skinnier in general. Their yeah. met, the, the metabolism works better, it's, the it's endocrine system. So what do they do that no one else does? They eat seafood and they eat fish. And seaweed, which sea, is sea yeah, vegetables, sea, seaweed, yeah. mm -hmm. which has the highest concentration of iodine. Mm -hmm. Now, when people from Japan go to and start reducing the amount of iodine or sea, seaweed and fish, they start getting the same ailments huh. as Westerners. Yeah, yeah. But what's different is if they're getting it through their diet. That's how we should do it. So I truly believe we should put, you know, add, you can get iodine. That's why we make a spray solution. You can add to a, your couple sprays. That's 150 to 300 micrograms a day on your food. So now you're getting it through your diet. Okay. The phytonutrients, so it's going through just like they do in Japan. Mm -hmm. We're finding out that helps pretty good. If you do have an ailment and you need iodine for certain ailments, then you take the supplementation. Yeah, but iodine is there. There's the research now regarding cancer, cervical cancer is astounding, mm. breast cancer. Mm. I mean, we had people that they they just spayed out, you know, paint on their breasts. I'll put the put iodine on, straight on the breast. Yeah, they'll put it on there, and and I've had others. Uh, I've had people that say that they were going through cancer treatments. Yeah. And their family wanted them to do supplements and iodine. Mm -hmm. And they said, Toby, I really didn't feel comfortable taking the supplements. Mm -hmm. But I did take the iodine. Huh. And he said, the cancer, I didn't lose my hair. And if you're going through conventional, I'm a little bit different than, than a lot of people in the practitioner. I believe in what is called complementary medicine. Okay. Complementary is you, the best of both worlds, conventional and alternative. Mm. And with, with iodine, I, I believe that in order for any supplement or anything to work, you have got to have the amount of iodine. You've got to have the right iodine levels in the blood, yeah. the thyroid. It's um, usually not something that is tested. Oh, it is. It is. It is? Is iodine, iodine tested in a blood test? There, there's blood. Yes, they're finding now. No, on the regular com complete blood count. I don't think it's done in that. No, there's, but there's metabolic there, but plant now plant there's some articles coming out about iodine in the blood that they're they're looking at. There's deficiencies in it, which that is rather. I would say that's probably it's just starting to come a light problem in the last you know couple of years. So oh, it's it's just. 
And now they're finding out nerves, neuropathy is affected by iodine. Huh, really? Weight, a person's, you know, if your iodine is off with your thyroid, then they're finding out, you know, a lot of times some people cannot use the insulin, so they they're, they have weight gain. Emotional, they're finding, I, I truly believe that most mental health is going to be linked to iodine deficiency. No way. Because they, if it affects, if it can lower, and they've known this for years, the IQ, iodine deficiency can lower a person's, a children, child's IQ up to 15 points. Huh. So if it affects that, um, do you know how people talk about the power of prayer? Yeah. There's a lot to it. People have the ability they tell about you have to have that positive thinking. And I truly believe that a person's mind can help them heal if you have that concentration. And I believe if you do not have your your pituitary gland and everything functioning, that's yeah. why I believe humans only use about, you know, let 8% of their, their brain's capacity. Some people that can pray, you hear about these people, they have psychic or some of these things, mm -hmm. they have certain capabilities. Mm -hmm. I believe they're using up to 10%, and I believe it's because they have higher iodine. Mm -hmm. um, there's one report out there, which I don't know how accurate it is, but they're leading people that have uh, some of the smartest people in the world, Da Vinci, all those, are all linked that they had high uh, you know. High they were using more and their iodine levels were up there. Mm. Same thing with this virus. If your iodine levels are not functioning, the whole body can't function. A lot of people eat healthy. A lot of people what? Eat, eat, try to eat healthy. Try to eat state. healthy, yes. Well, they, they, they want to eat food healthy. Cruciferous vegetables, mm -hmm. they affect the, the utilization of iodine. Hmm. Chlorine in the water affects the utilization of iodine. Negatively. Negatively, the body won't do it. You can have great iodine in there, but if it's not utilized right. Hmm. The other thing that, that affects iodine is NSAIDs, pain medications, huh. CBD, marijuanas. I mean, all that affects iodine levels and utilization. Huh. So what would help, I, it's still goes to getting your iodine through your food. I just, I, I refer back to that ongoing clinical research yeah. in Japan. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be the food. It's gotta be put onto food. Mm. And I, I believe that that's the same thing with a lot of what we call trace minerals. Like you, we were talking about yeah. that earlier. Yeah. You take them, put them in liquids. I think you should make them in a spray. Um, the sprays we make iodine with, we make it, we use a white iodine, we use a nascent form of iodine to mix with our potassium iodide. Nascent is a absorbable form, and the reason we call it that is nascent stands for beginning. Okay. And that's what I refer to. Some places say there's a nascent, it's a gaseous stage, that's not true, it's just Iodine is at that original stage, which is the liquid part, and it has to be, it has to be formulated and made where there's no light. Huh. It has to be at a certain temperature. It has to be dark, and it takes seven to ten days. So, 
So, yeah, I have. Now, is that the form that uh, Edgar Casey was That's the one he worked with. with. Yes. Why, 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 what is it about nascent that is so unique? Because, I mean, for people, as far as why are, they look, why are consumers looking for it? Instead of Lugol's iodine, why well, would you take nascent? There's a lot of them that, that nascent that's out there. You'll see it has glycerin and certain other ingredients in it. Glycerin? There's certain they, nascent iodine is iodine is it starts with the uh, the nascent stage, and iodide, and it has distilled water. It cannot have anything else in it. Oh. If it does, it affects the state of iodide or the nascent. So that's where it has to be at a certain temperature. When it's made, it has to be. It has to set. And but hold on a second. So I want to step back for a moment. Sure. So you're talking about the original idea of potassium yes. iodide crystals mixed in distilled water. So you say that is the basic state of nascent. Th no, then? that's where you start with it. With nascent. Now, but then if you're going a seven to make day nascent, process, yeah. you have to start with the iodide with it. Yeah. But you have to keep it at a certain, you know, 70 degrees, and it has to be dark. Uh, where it was with the other making the crystals and yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah. you can, it doesn't matter. What the light is. What the light is. Or the but it has to be dark. It's got to set for X amount of time. And all I can say is I don't know where it came up with and how he came up with that, but I tell you it does have a bearing. <laughs> I have no idea so why. So why, why do you think Edgar Casey was uh, working Th so much with That's what he Nason. worked with. And he, I mean, he's, was he that was, maybe that was available? Or was, no, no he just, was available? I think he tried everything else, kind of like Joseph, you know, Lugo, when Lugos made his yeah. solution. Uh -huh. He started with so many different solutions. Yeah. And when, when he made his solutions, he, he figured that the iodide, was like 50% iodine and 50% potassium. Okay. Well, that's not true. That's not how it works. If you have the, the true crystals, if, if now if you make it, could be close to that. But like when you get the mined brine iodide, okay. it's like 80% iodine mm. and 20% potassium. Huh. Wow. So we ours is a lot stronger. So when we make our iodine, we have to send it in. Um, we have a COA certificate of analysis done on our iodide. Then we have our iodine crystals, and then we have each one of our products tested too. Okay. So sometimes, uh, basically, it's tested three or four times. Huh. The same thing. But so the nascent iodine is um, the very beginning. So it is the potassium iodide with the distilled water. So resolve those, but now it goes into the dark. And in seven seven days or so, at yeah. seventy degrees. Yeah, it has wow. to be in there. It has to be at that temp at a specific temperature. Huh. Whereas if you can use you know, like the potassium iodide solution or whatever. I mean that's a whole different thing. The Lugo solution, but it, the main thing is none of it can be heated. Huh. And I'm saying a lot of the companies out there, if uh, we only make iodine. Okay. So we we eliminate the chance of any type of cross contamination. Right. That has been the all. So the you always issue. work with the same ingredients, as just the ra right. ratios are different. See, that's what the FDA was really impressed with what we did, and that's why we the last inspection we had is what they called a perf a clean inspection. Huh. 
we've never had what they call a 483, which is like a deficiency. And usually when they issue that is if you didn't cross a T, as an example, okay. or dot an I. Mm-hmm. Ours was completely clean, huh. which that's pretty good. If you get shut down by the FDA and come back within a couple of years and it's, you know, we, you, we, you mention it, and I, I, I would love for you to share the story with the listeners. What happened to you well, back in 2010? <laughs> in 2010, well, the FDA, So you started, Rising Sun Health started up in 1998. Yes, we started up, and I was making certain things, Blacks have numerous products. Well, the FDA, if they find something, they'll send you a warning letter. And so they sent us a warning letter, and I'd look at it, and I would take what they want recommended, or you know. And so I would re- I would correct it. Yeah. I would address what it is and send a response back. Yeah. Six months, nine months, year later, I'd get another warning letter saying something else. Mm-hmm. That went on. I probably got maybe a dozen warning letters. Yeah. But I would address it in a very short period yeah. of time. Then in 2010. They filed a consent decree, a complaint, in the courts. And, and by the way, you are allowed to talk about this, Yes. Right? Okay, good. Yeah. In the <laughs> no courts. no gag order. Yeah, well, I don't even do it. <laughs> gag order. Well, anyway. <laughs> hey, I'm from Montana. We don't even... Do- we don't we gag on gag yeah. <laughs> We don't even understand letters in your your thing. Yeah. But what what they did is in the court system they're supposed to serve a complaint on you mm-hmm. or a summons. Mm-hmm. To this very day I've never been served a summons on that complaint. Mm. Mm. Uh, that was interesting. So we jumped through all the hoops. They served it. It was a consent decree. The consent decree or the complaint was approximately 15 pages. Only maybe two pages talked about supplements. The whole front of the page talked about o- OTCs. Over-the-counter. OTCs. Over-the-counter drugs. They thought my products were over-the-counter, and it was mainly because of a name. Like I had something I called Can Support Brain, Can Support Bone, which I thought was a pretty good name because I was using the word that it can support bone health. Can support, And they said, right. no, it means cancer. And I thought, no, but I guess if they're going to infer it, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, when I jumped through it, I had to – I was quit selling – they fined me eighty thousand dollars. Wait, you quit selling what? Well, I quit selling. I, I would I would correct everything, send it in there, and then they would never answer if it was corrected. So then I'd start selling supplements again. Yeah. Well, then they'd file back and took me into court and said I was contempt of court, or you know not listening. So they would find they fined me eighty six thousand dollars. Wow. Wow. So, well, okay. So then I quit selling supplements. So this is what year now? This was in 2014, I think. 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Then, um, so I just kept selling Lugol's iodine, or iodine. Yeah. Because iodine, I had to register with the DEA. Okay. And if anyone knows the law, that there's there's issues. Each agency so felt that the Lugol's iodine was under the jurisdiction of the DEA because I had to register with the DEA. Okay, okay. As a you know. They came back, found me guilty, and said that I was selling glucose on 
Amazon and they they were going to cite me for contempt of court. And that was a criminal offense, and that was 13 violations, which was six months each. And I said, well, I'll have a jury trial. And they said, that's not how it works. Anything six months or less, you don't get a jury trial. Huh? It's a ju judge trial. And they said they could pack them on concurrent, consecutive, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that 13 could be... Six times thirteen, it could be almost six years. Yeah, six seven oh, years. Oh, like that. Yeah, seven seven so eight I months. So I pled right? and took a hundred and twenty days. Huh. So I went down to Englewood, Colorado. Had to fly myself down there. Reported in. And so the way I, it is, I, hold on a second, because that's also not an interesting story. So because you said I f I filled out all the paperwork, uh, they never responded. So I figured. Everything was fine, so you start selling it again. But they found you wherever yeah. you were selling, and they said, uh, did it have anything to do with crossing state line? Was that an yeah. issue? Yeah, I mean, they went into your They went in and, and someone, they came into your office and bought. Yeah, uh, I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they were going, I'm the only company that I can find that has the FDA actually went into stores to buy my products. Right, right, right. So they said, hey, there is still a product on the shelf. Yeah. That's not allowed. And I said, yeah. but that's interstate versus interstate. And they said, no, you were driving on a freeway. And I, th I mean, or it was mailed through the mail. Yeah. Or a, one of the bottles was manufactured outside the state. Huh. Oh, it was, so, okay. So now you're in Inglewood. So now I'm down in Inglewood. And, well, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm laughing, but well, it is not it, fun. I got down there and I said, because they told me they couldn't keep me in prison because it was a misdemeanor, petty misdemeanor. Yeah, said, yeah, okay. yeah. So I figured they'd go down there and they'd put a bracelet and I'd get out. I went down there and they said, I said, so when do I leave or what do I do? And they said, you're here for 120 days. And I said, but aren't you supposed to have so many points? I said, my understanding is you have to have 10 points to be held inside the fence. And based on what my violation is, it's only two points. Hmm. And they said, we have an override out of Washington, D.C. So? And I said, what do you mean? They said, they told us that to you're you. going to stay here. Yeah. So I was stuck in Englewood, and I had a couple, you know, there was, uh, let's see, Jared Fogle was in there. Which yeah, the subway, subway guy. Jared, yeah, that was an interesting character, and then there was Blanovich. He was at uh, Blagojevich. Blagojevich. Yeah, from tried Illinois. To sell Obama. I, he was in there. I met him. Oh, it was it was interesting. It mm. was a. But anyway, I was there. Hundred. That was a tough. Days. It was a tough uh, jail. I understand from your stories the way that you where you were sleeping and oh, it uh, was, the, the plumbing the, and the heat and the this and the that. It was. Uh, the, it was. Uh, it was built in the 1930s, I guess. They had these huge box fans. I went into this room where they have, they call TV rooms. And I'm in here and I go into this other one and they said, get the hell out of here. And I says, what's going on? And they said, this is a black TV room. Oh, wow. And I said, excuse me? And they said, yes, this is the black TV room. That's the Hispanic TV room. That's the Native American TV room. This is the sport one down there, and the white one is out there. Really? And I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
segregated TV rooms in wow. a federal prison. Boy, that was wow. that was interesting. So yeah. So how um, than twenty days? A hundred and twenty days. I uh, did not eat for. I I was going to protest, so I I didn't eat. It was a great diet program. I lost thirty pounds when I was in there. But <laughs> they uh, it was it was a unique facility. The health, I there were people there that were dying. I'd help. I mean, maybe it was faith that I should have been down there because when I got out, I started pushing issues that there was there was a people in there that should have had medical care, and one of them's going to end up handy, you know, crippled. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but anyway, then I came back, and when I was released, the FDA it was like night and day. Then they started telling me what they wanted. We started working together. So all of a sudden, they are it communicating was, with you. After I went in there, they yeah. found out that maybe this guy's not going to go away like the typical person. Mm. And I started working with them. They would have us critiqued. Our labels uh, were first approved in 2017, so which this, that was part of the yeah. consent decree. So theoretically, we should have been allowed to resume operation. But then the FDA says, well... Uh, you need to become GMP certified. So then I had to have an agency, uh, uh, an independent firm, come in and do an evaluation. GMP is good manufacturing, good manufacturing processing practices. practices. And so the agency that was working with Montana State University, which was MMEC, the Montana Manufacturing Extension Center, they came in and did the audit. Um, in 2018, we got GMP certified, so I sent that in. And then they came back and says, now... Your SOP, which that's called standard operating standard procedures. operating procedure manual. Yeah, it started at sixty pages, and I thought, you know, because a standard operating procedure is just how you're going to keep records, how you maintain things, etc. How you produce something. Yeah, start well, to finish. Mine started at sixty pages, and by what, the what time do you mean it started? That's a you you was, you started creating them, and it was sixty pages. They, we, I wrote it out. Wow. I put it together. She critiqued it. We sent it in there. The FDA came back and said, no, here's what you need. Here's what you need. That manual is now four, over 400 pages. Get out of here. It's to the point that if a light goes out, yeah. I have to write a form that a light is out, another form that the light's going to be replaced, another form that the light's going to be destroyed. Really, I have I have to have tracking, what they call lot numbers for the ink on my labels for the labels. Mm. I have to have, if a label doesn't print right, I have to record that and put it on another form. So I have probably three hundred to three hundred forms. No way. Um, I have to have I record it, it when they come in. I can trace all the way back to where the ink is used for every single label on every product I huh. manufacture. That's huh. the kind of tracking I have. Wow. I have tracking for every water that's used, every spoon. What do you mean by tracking every water? I have You mean like a border that's Safeway so or a border? There, if they, they, they pulled up a product that I have a lot number on, and they said, well, we want to find out where everything you used during this manufacturing process. I can show them where the 
filter came that we used to, to filter the water. I can show I can show where the ink was used. I can show where the pen that we used to write on the labels or light on in the records. Really? I can keep track of where the labels came from, the ink for the labels. Yeah. My oh yeah, I have God. my tracking is is pretty 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 extensive. That's when they came in this last time and they said they've never seen that kind of tracking. <laughs> Wow! I said that. Well, isn't that what you wanted? And they said, "Yeah." So, yeah, I can, I can set up any company now. They said I'm probably, I should become a consultant for companies because I can review labels. I can look at a label. I, uh, what we have right now is, like the Lugos solution, uh, our Lugos iodine. We have a cap. We don't put a dropper in the Lugos iodine solution. We actually put a cap on the bottle. And the reason we do that is because the vapor from the Lugos will actually seep out. And and vapor from the Lugos solution, which is the elemental or sure, molecular iodine, sure, sure. will actually harden the dropper. Huh. The droppers we use are made in the United States. The lids we have are made in the United States. I mean, almost everything I can possibly get. Our potassium iodide is from the United States. It's out of Oklahoma. Huh. So our distilled water is made in-house. Hmm. Um, we have a facility to where if the power goes out, we everything runs on battery. Yeah. yeah My goodness. A, so when you say you have two, three hundred forms, that means for anything that could possibly go wrong or needs to be uh, written down, right. you have all these different forms. You have to grab the one that you need and fill it out, right. and then what? Send it or keep it? I keep them on there. I have you to keep, keep them so for you five don't, years. For well, five years. So you don't I'm have to send anything to them. We're scanning them. Uh, we actually scan them into a system, and it's online. Okay. And so I have made a system to where the FDA can actually have access and review those reports before they even come into my office. Hmm. So... I remember <clears throat> chatting with you about the label, and there was an issue with labeling. Yeah. And the FDA just kept saying it wasn't right. Tell the listeners a little bit about that, how, <laughs> how those steps went. Because wow. to me, I think it was ridiculous. It was almost a game they were playing with you. It was crazy. I would have a label. I would submit it, and it would take... Well, well you were working with... An attorney, yes, from the FDA, right? You, I actually you had, had a label expert. Label expert. I had to pay thousands of dollars for this so-called this label expert. But this person was connected with the FDA, so yeah. right? He knew what the FDA oh, yeah. wanted. So here you're making a label. You think it's all right? He said it's it's exactly the way it should be. He says I was a uh, you know he was a uh, inspector. Yeah, I submitted it in, and the FDA said no. And in the consent decree, that's all they say is I'm supposed to have an outside label expert. Which you did. And I did. Yeah. They rejected it. Yeah. It got to the point that the grammar, the fonts were off. I mean, it was it was crazy. <laughs> they, but, but, the, but FDA, the, thing, but the thing was that you told me that they would not tell you what was wrong with no, the label. They, they just say it's not accepted. And then here you get the label expert said, everything is great. And the, all the FDA says not accepted. So now you have to pretty much start from scratch, yeah. start all over again. And wow. But because it was 
we were having these issues, we got, went back to court. And that's when I said, if they're not going to answer this, I said, they've got to do something. Tell us if it's right or wrong. And that's when the court said they have to put it in writing. Okay. So that is now when this whole thing, that's when they started finally getting a little bit more explicit. But basically, that SOP I have, that standard operating, that was basically written by the FDA. I mean, what they told me, I it cites every provision of the dietary supplement. It talks about how to record keep it talks i mean it goes specifically talks about section you know etc and i know that manual the rules with the fda and now i even know the rules that they're getting ready to implement in the future which hmm. they're starting to get ready to do some now so hmm. now over the years i've known you toby as just a wizard. I, I, I feel you're an herbologist. You you play with herbs. You study it. You know it. You put things together, formulas. You have put formulas together that are miraculous and very effective. And you have a big heart and you really want to help people. And you have, you have helped people over the decades survive whatever illness they had. For you to go through this process it must kill creativity. It must kill your your putting things together. I understand that you cannot just put things out there that could possibly be harmful to people. But I have never known you to create anything that has been harmful to people. So now you say, well, uh, this is just, or not you won't, <laughs> you shouldn't say that maybe, but listeners may say, well, that's just the way it is, the rule. You gotta stick with the rule. But it must take the joy out of creating this iodine, iodine products with all the forms you have to fill out every time, et cetera, et cetera. Has it done that or is it still joyful for you? It's, I guess I'm getting old. It's one of those things, um, some of us and some people thrive on adversity. I knew I was right, and I wasn't going to give in. But the biggest thing is we're talking about human life. Mm -hmm. And one thing I do is I may disagree with a person's lifestyle, whatever it is, but I have I it's my oath. I have to do whatever I can to save a person's life. Your life is your life, and I have to do what I can. And that's where I work with formulas. I work with plants live things. I I really am trying to get the FDA to make a distinction between dietary supplements, herbal supplements, and nutritional supplements. Mm -hmm. I believe herbal and nutritional supplements cannot have any fillers or binders. To me, fillers or binders, if they're not used, have adverse effect. Mm -hmm. um, I think you need the you know what's in it. When I was making the herbal supplements, like with blood root, graviol, etc., I was using a plant, so I knew how much is in it. Fillers and binders are used in there, so you truly don't, in, in some companies, you just don't know. Some others are, are very honest with it, but some of them put those fillers and binders in it. You don't know how much of the actual active ingredient is in there. Sure, that's right. But the FDA right now, the number of, 
big companies, corporations, and pharmaceutical industry going into the supplement industry is astounding. Mm-hmm. I I just believe the reason I really focused on the iodine is because I truly believe how important. And plus, the FDA said we only want you to do one product first, and so yeah, we did yeah. the iodine. Yeah, and so far so good. But God, if just think, if I would have done it, others, man. I would still be writing up manuals. <laughs> right. You mean if you had continued with the oh, herbal formulas? The and then eventually I would get into it. But iodine, I believe that the iodine, in order for other companies and supplements to work, I need to have people understand iodine is, is the most important nutrient that you can have next to water. Huh. If your levels are off, you can take other stuff, and I truly believe you've got to get all your other nutrients in there. So if you're taking something like ginkgo bloom or something like that for other ailments, in order for them to work, your body has to have that metabolism. Huh. And that it's just, it's that essential. Hmm. And you look at what they, just look at a country like Japan. I mean, the biggest country consumption yeah. and their health. And yeah. so, but it's, I believe that the the nutrient has to be as pure and as healthy as possible. And that's why we make it, I mean, we've never got away from the, the old formula. Hmm. Um, now you have... A combination of products, you have the 5% Lugol's iodine, you have 2.2% Lugol's iodine, you sell the potassium iodide in different potencies, right. you sell nascent iodine, you sell, uh, you sell sprays that you can put over yes. your food. Can we go through these products a little bit? Uh, so the nascent iodine you explained, and when it's done, it's done. Is there a, a gradation or a different strength in the nascent iodine as well? There is. Um, I make it at anywhere. From the, the, I was started with the 250, but 500 um, micrograms, there's a spray. Okay. And then what I did is because there's some issues with potassium iodide solutions, I mean, there's some companies registered, so there may be some question as to if a company can sell potassium iodide solution. Uh-huh. So what we have done is, I know how potassium iodide works, so I actually mix some nascent in with the potassium iodide. So? So it gets it can be absorbed. Because if I had to make the, the, the extra, the strength of like 25 milligrams of nascent iodine, Oh my God, that would take almost a month. Okay, so by adding the potassium iodide, you increase the milligrams. So if I use the potassium iodide and use the nascent to raise that absorption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, therefore, the the potassium iodide solution we have with the nascent is actually more absorbable than any potassium iodide solution there. So So even more than the Lugol's? Oh yeah, Lugos is a red solution. It has an elemental, and that's where people can have some sensitivity. Um, it stains clothing and has issues. That's why we make, like we said, now we make one percent Lugos too. And the reason we do the one percent Lugos is because provodone iodine is actually one percent Lugos. Okay, that's the comparability because provodone is one percent iodine. But one percent. Um... 
how many milligrams is that in a drop? A drop, dropper. Uh, you drop, okay. right? I because I'm, I'm just thinking, I've seen the Lugol's iodine, and the 5% says that one drop is like 6.225 right. milligram. One drop. So when you talk about the 2.2%, it's about 3 milligram, 2.3 yes, milligram. What is 1%? Here's what... I make it. I can make it at three milligrams. But here's how I do this. There's one percent elemental iodine. Yeah. Well, let, let let me do it this way. Let let because I just made the two point two, and this will make it real easy. The two point two mm-hmm. has two point two percent. You know, iodine. Iodine. Four point eight percent. Potassium iodide. Okay. That comes to three milligrams per drop. Hmm. I make another Lugos 2% with 2.2% iodine, 12.5% potassium iodide. Hmm. That comes out to six milligrams per drop. I see. So what I do is I can actually work with the potassium iodide to bring up the amount of combined iodine. Yeah, okay. In order for, for the red or the elemental, like the Lugo solution to work, you have to have at least a two-to-one ratio of potassium iodide to iodine. So in other words, if you have 1% iodide, you have to have at least 2% yeah. you know, potassium iodide. So mm-hmm. I increase it because the more I increase it, the more absorption the iodine so the more potassium iodide you add, the better absorbed it is it, it in, absorbs in, through the skin or the in the system. Now, the reason we make the different strengths is because some practitioners have their people taken anywhere from up to 25, even 100 milligrams of iodine a day. Wow. Yeah, well, that's what Dr. Brownstein, yes. in his book, would talk about 100. 130. 130. He even worked with people with cancer doing 300 milligrams. Yes, yes. Yes. Wow. And I have to make it as pure and as... So in other words, if he's trying somebody with Lugo's iodine and then all of a sudden they have a sensitivity to that, the amount of elemental iodine, the 5%, yeah. well, he can turn around and use the 1% or the 2.2, mm-hmm. still keep that amount going. That's mm-hmm. where I, I, I formulated it. It took me a, a lot of work to figure out how that works. And actually, Joseph, Dr. Lugos uh, actually figured some of that out. So when you talk about that absorption, this has to do, when you keep saying potassium iodide, and I want to go back to something we talked sure. about earlier. You talked about straight iodine. It's undissolvable in water. And so you have that sitting over here on the side. Right. Then you have your potassium iodide with distilled water. You say you let the crystals dissolve, and then you add, that is your own, that's the formula, you add hydrochloric acid, and you add H2O2, hydrogen peroxide to it. That, if you don't make it right, you said if you don't mix it right, it can damage your lungs, your nose, whatever, so it is a certain gas. So when that solution is done, when that is done, that's the base from where you start, and then you add the iodine into that. No. When you add the hydrochloric acid yeah. and everything, you're making the molecular iodine. 
you're making those little... You make the iodine that way. You make the iodine. So you say we don't use iodine the way it appeals in nature. Like most people go out there and and they'll order prilled iodine from labs and stuff. Sure. We make it as opposed to other companies. That's why you say you make it from start to finish. We make it from... We only... The only so you create the we iodine. Get, we make the actual crystals, the flakes. Because if uh, <clears throat> we get the iodide in, the only, the only ingredient, we only get one ingredient outside of our office, and that's potassium iodide. Huh. So we bring that in there, and that's how we make those red crystals, those purple crystals. Okay. And we make those by dissolving the white potassium iodide. And we put the hydrochloric acid and the H2O2. H2O hydrogen peroxide in there. It sets, it goes down. And so if you're that not careful, all the of flakes. a sudden that stuff will start. You, you've heard the term. Iodine is one of the most effective and powerful fuels there is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> if I you never put heard it that. in there, that stuff can just shoot up in it. There's a commercial on TV now talking about putting potassium iodide in the sky's volcano. That's exactly what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that yellow, yellow, uh, oh, yeah. foamy stuff. But yeah. if, you, if you mix it wrong, it gets purple, and that stuff gets in there, and it will scar your lungs and everything. So, But it'll stain. It'll stain everything. I mean, you can stain rooms. I had to build a ventilation system in there that sucks those fumes out. Huh. But yeah, it's so we have the potassium iodide. Here we go again. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, we create the iodine flakes. Yep, and now you're gonna make Lugol's iodine from right. that. What's so you, so if you do the nascent, do you need to go through this process no. as well? No, because you put that in a room, dark, right. seventy degrees, seven eight days. There's no color. True nascent iodine has no color at all. It's okay. white. Clear. But how can you make that in a one milligram, five milligram, no, that, whatever? That, that is made in... Micrograms. Uh, it's like oh. three milligrams, six milligrams. Yep. 12 milligrams yeah. and 25 <clears throat> milligram. I see it over here on your label. Is it's, that right? Yeah. Wait there. There is a, there is a six, a twelve, a twenty. Uh, right. That's the potassium iodine. So it, we make the white iodine. Yeah. I call it white iodine. Okay, you bet. Nascent is white, so we can make that in, and that's the one where we use a little bit of nascent and a little bit potassium iodine. So first you make the that's nascent, it. and then you mix that again. Yeah. With... What we do is we put it in there, and it has the nascent has to, yes has to be made and set, and then when it's done, then I have to put the nascent in with the potassium iodide. Uh huh. Because the, the potassium iodide solution or the white solution, I can make it in any color, but that nascent has got to be made in a specific environment. Temperature, closest thing to the uh, to underground there is. Huh. Um, how brine iodine is made is basically what I, the philosophy. I'm assuming that's how Edgar uh, uh, Casey yes. did it. Yes. So the, he had some unique So stuff. you make the nascent by itself, yes. and then when you take it out of that room, now it's nascent, it's clear, and then you add extra potassium iodide solution to that. Well, what I do that. is I actually take that and add the nascent to the potassium iodide, iodide. solution. Okay, and then you get your milligrams out then, of that. Then we can make that up to, the, we call it SSNI, supersaturated nascent iodide. Huh, yeah. So how do people determine with nascent iodine how many milligrams they need or, yeah? 
how many milligrams they need. It really goes, I, I just tell people you need to take minimum of one to three milligrams a day. Okay. Now, if you're going to use the food spray, just spray that on there. You can spray it in your mouth. With the sprays, you get a vertical sprayer and you actually get a nasal sprayer. Because mm -hmm. some people want to take it nasally or in their throat and stuff like that. Right. So do people put the nascent on the skin? No. You always take just, it all Just in. take it, yeah, because there's no way you can't see it. You don't need it. The reason you put it on the skin is usually it's for the elemental iodine. Yeah. Now, when people, when Fukushima happened and we had this uh, uh, nuclear reactor spill toxins into right. the ocean, and then people were very worried about it because the, the, the wind brought it to our coast, our west coast, a lot of people started taking iodine. Yes. Now, they started taking Lugol's iodine. Right. Would you still say that would be the best way to go, or do you say now, I think the nascent no, would be the you better? Could, it, because you're being exposed. So that's whenever you're exposed to an element, you want to get that elemental iodine. So in, a, in radiation, I believe that the, it's it's best to get the, the, uh, Lugals. the, the some kind of the elemental with, with it. Okay. But if people don't like the taste, yeah, it barely some people like do anything. not like that taste. Oh, they, they're sensitive to that iodine. Huh. People don't have an allergy. They have a sensitivity. So if they feel like a rash or upset. Now, some iodine, you may have an allergy it, mm. because it may be made from shellfish. And that's one thing we don't. We don't mix it. We don't use shellfish. Yeah. Um, ours is non-allergenic. Hmm. And everything, so. Hmm. So the nascent, uh, who would take 25 milligrams in a drop? Whatever, if, if a prescription, somebody or someone recommended, if their health practitioner wanted them to take. Um, some people use the 25 to dump into their water. Some people oh. use it for their makeup. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just however strong. I have to make the different amounts. It's a little. It's more expensive, but it's however they want to do it. I have a lot of people that order the one percent, twenty-five milligrams. The one percent, the six milligram iodine solutions, is probably the most popular I have. Because mm. people are using it to try and keep up with the the Lugol solution, the five percent Lugol solution. Yeah, I I. That's the other reason that I originally made those was to match what they want with the five percent, but without the molecular or elemental iodine where people have that sensitivity. Right. Now you also have just potassium iodide. Yes. When do people use that? Some people get that to make they want to make their own solutions. Oh, okay. but some people actually just take a crystal and suck on a crystal. It's just but you also have it in a liquid. Uh, we can make it liquid, or people can just buy the crystals from us too. But I have taken it in a liquid, and I thought that you told me because it is not iodine yet; it's potassium iodide, it's a precursor, so that it will be better for people with, let's say, Hashimoto's disease. Yeah, because it's 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 basically it's not the elemental iodine, so it's it's absorbable. The yeah. potassium iodide, potassium iodide is usually eighty percent iodine. It, they call it it in the form of iodide. It's ionic iodine, just mm. 
whereas the red is elemental. So just remember, if there's any color to the iodine, it has some kind of elemental iodine in it. Okay. White iodine, now, unless you get up to 25 milligrams, you'll have a, a kind of a yellowish color because it's so concentrated. Sure, sure. But usually it's just uh, the, the the red iodine. The other thing we're working on right now is you can measure, weigh the bottle, and a two-ounce bottle of three milligram yeah. and a two-ounce bottle of 25 milligram. That twenty-five milligrams probably going to be about two to three, but a lot heavier than the one. Yeah. Huh. The molecular. Interesting. The, the weight. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Often when people are dealing with thyroid issues, they they say, "I well, we do know that iodine is the main food for the thyroid, for your metabolism, and that there is a protein called uh, L-tyrosine, which helps the absorption of iodine." When years ago, because I myself have Hashimoto's, I've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's disorder, I do not take medication. But I was listening to somebody who said, take my iodine supplement, iodine tyrosine supplement, and do 60 milligrams a day. And within three, four months doing that, your Hashimoto's will be gone. Well, what happened was that I was doing this religiously for three, four months every day, and it had a little tyrosine in it, L-tyrosine, amino acid, to absorb the iodine. And so what you often measure is you take your thyroid stimulating hormone, or TSH, test at right. the doctor's office. Of course, you should do your free T4 and your free T3 as well. But did, So I did that, and I did my thyroid stimulating hormone, which is made by the pituitary gland. And when the thyroid goes down, so when you have, I tell people, if you take a pencil and put it between your thumb and index finger, and you keep it horizontal, so the pen is horizontal, and on one side of the pen is your thyroid. The other side of the pen is your, is your TSH, your thyroid stimulating hormone. So if you visualize this and you push one side down, which is your thyroid side, when the thyroid gets weaker, what happens to the TSH? It goes up, right? So if the right side is the thyroid, your left. Right, yeah, <laughs> my North Dakota right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And my left side, my left side, your right, is the TSH. So if you push down the thyroid on one side, then the pen will go up on the other side, just your TSH. So usually TSH going up means your thyroid is becoming weak. Well, my TSH was actually something like 1.9, which is very beautiful. You want to stay under 2.0 no matter right. what your medical doctor says. Mine jumped in, in, in three months to almost six. So my thyroid had become very low. And so then I talked to a nutritionist friend, and she said, she was reading, and she says, there is actually when you have Hashimoto's, you should, you're not lacking iodine. Your thyroid is attacked by antibodies because you have an autoimmune disease. So the antibodies are attacking your thyroid. So you're not deficient in iodine. You need to fight the antibodies. 
You follow me? And so she said, you should not do iodine when you have Hashimoto's or Graves. You need to take, you need to work on the antibodies, change your diet, leaky gut, all that stuff. Now, if people have a low thyroid, but they do not have Hashimoto's, they can take iodine. So that's an interesting thing. I don't know if you've heard about that, but that's when I, you and I have talked and I, rec I asked you, what, what can I do? And you said, do the potassium iodide because it will make what it needs to make in your body and you will not get that elemental iodine in it. Right. Correct? Yes, and then in your case, apply it to your food. The nascent or the potassium the iodide? Nascent or take the uh, take the food spray. Yeah. Here's why. Now you're getting your iodine through your food, so that you're not getting enormous amounts. Okay. If you have Hashimoto's, you still have to get iodine in your system. Yeah, sure you do. So get what's the right. best form, which right. is the iodine, the ionic form. Just think of the ionic form of iodine, which is the clear, and that can you know the the nascent or the uh, potassium iodine. iodine. You do not want the elemental or the red iodine. Because so the nascent would maybe be the better one. Yes, because it's, it's and then you get, I think people with Hashimoto's or have issues with thyroid, you should put the iodine on your food. Huh. Okay. Because that way the phytonutrients are helping you utilize and absorb the iodine. Mm -hmm. So now you're getting it the natural way. Okay. If your iodine levels are off and you need to take more, then you can, you know, add some more potassium iodide. But that's how I recommend, and that's what I have seen, and that's what people have seen. They, so you use, you put this. you put your bottle in a sprayer. Oh no, you actually have a number. We make sprayers. the spray. Yeah, and I truly sprayers. believe that the number of people that have been using the sprays and telling me that it's just, just been completely different. It's it just it's easier. They take it with them in their you know, when they go eat, if they're in a restaurant, they'll spray it on their salad, spray it on their food. Here's the other side. Here's the other thing about iodine. Phenomenal on pathogens. Huh. Ebola, stuff like that. That's where... Ebola. Ebola, yeah. <laughs> Ebola. Maybe that's an old country song. That, that's an old North Dakota <laughs> thing. You know, they taught us tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was... I tell people when I went to college in North Dakota and I left Montana, I raised the IQ of both states. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in North Dakota, we know that. They tell me I had to, I, I was a man, I was a person without a state because I never heard so many sheep jokes in North Dakota. I mean, yeah. Just, boy, yeah. Bad stories. <laughs> uh, Montana, North Dakota, yeah. We yeah. Had so when cows and horses have these salt licks. Are they actually in need of iodine? Some of them, they are. There's, there's, they usually get it through the food, and that's where the understanding is. They're getting the iodine through their, the, the salt, and that's what it's, that's what it's for. Yeah. But it's like anything else. I do not believe. I believe you need to put the iodine on the hooves of those animals. That's really? my opinion. Huh. Um. People talk about getting iodine. I mean, I have a lot of equestrians. They'll they'll put it on the hooves, like on the top of yeah. the hooves. It it helps. It that's cush. You know, they have Cushing's disease. I think it's what's a lot of that. 
Wow. But iodine has, has got to be in a diet. And the best form is to get it through your food. You know, put it on there. I spray it. It's like this corona, this virus thing. They tell you to wear masks. Masks were probably the most dangerous things out there. Yeah. If you do not sanitize the mask, yeah. you are going to get pathogens. Mm. So that's where I told people to spray it. And the other thing is it doesn't affect the oxygen as much as the carbon dioxide. Because when you use a mask and you cover your nose, theoretically, if you're going to wear it long periods, the mask should be under your nose. You inhale through your mouth, exhale through your nose. Mm -hmm. And that way you're getting rid of the carbon dioxide. Correct. But I just always said that the mask, it was just crazy what they were trying to do. They were reinventing the wheel with the the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. A coronavirus, all you had to do is think common sense. It's a cold virus. Mm-hmm. All cold and flu viruses or coronaviruses are RNA factor. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that they need to realize is that if you're going to do that, if if it's a mutated and it's on, you know, it's a powerful one, then what you need to do is take at least, um, I took, when I caught it, a 325 milligrams aspirin with oh. my blood graviola. Really? Because that's, it was blood clots. Whenever yeah. you, if you ever catch a, a coronavirus, a lot of problems I think with people with, with colds and flus or or has issues or fatalities, mm. is because of the blood clots, and that's mm. why I'm a big believer in a 325 milligram aspirin every day. Huh. Still every day, huh? but when you have corona, yeah, I take not every day. Yeah, I take mine. I take six aspirin a day, six aspirin a day. Even when you're feeling fine, because I use it for my, my I have. Arthritis. I have back injury. Theoretically, I'm not supposed to walk. I've had back injuries from football and sports. So yeah, yeah, I have sciatic nerve damage. So I take uh, three aspirin in the morning and three aspirin at night. Three twenty-five is about really. Yeah. Man, here I'm going. But I have I don't even problems. Want to take... Yeah, and they don't see it. They we don't see it. They're they're going to be. I'm going to have my lipids checked Friday. Hmm. Well, but, careful with that. Yeah. That's a that's a whole other topic I want to talk about oh. at some point. Not not per se with you, but yeah. uh, definitely a topic for a podcast. You know, and and the other thing I wish with the medical field would do live blood cell analysis. Yes, it just doesn't make sense because your blood can tell everything. Yeah, you know, and all I do, my job is to give you the best and purest iodine. Hmm. It's your health practitioner and yourself to decide how you're gonna use it. I just wanna make sure you have exactly what you need. So you actually are the only person in the United States that has an FDA approved iodine yeah, label. Yeah, we've gone through it, yeah. I mean, we, we're we a GMP certified. I mean, we have everything with the, the, the iodine. Yeah, the Lugos iodine. So how can it be that other people put stuff on the market? I mean, this is a free country. You can do whatever you want, um, but still. I'm just wondering what they didn't it is. have to jump through it, but that's what doesn't make sense. If the product does not have a lot number on it, COA, the FDA requires certificate a certificate of analysis, of analysis on mm-hmm. every product, mm-hmm. on every batch number, which is lot number. Yeah. And then what you have to do is all the ingredients has to be sent out to be tested too. Yeah. The problem is a lot of supplements out there. We're the only company that manufactures iodine and that's it 
most companies manufacture multiple products in their labs in yeah. our production rooms we don't we just make and if i decide to go into another product we'll build another production room for that specific product just to eliminate cross-contamination so when people say, I think I get enough iodine, you mentioned in the beginning that what we get into our diet is maybe about 200 micrograms a day. Yeah, that's basic. I'm going by so the what research. So what is this feeling that uh, we get it through our milk? Can you explain that? Milk, it used to be really high. Yeah. Milk was what they call accidental iodine supplementation. Mm. And that is where they used to use iodine to sanitize milking equipment. Oh, of course. And so the milk would go through and rinse it off, and that's how you got higher levels. So it's not per se in the milk itself. No. It is because no, of the cleaning because of the, cle of yeah. the or for the. That's yeah. why if you ever hear the term accidental uh, iodine supplementation. Hmm. But what doesn't make sense is even now, the amount of iodine in your salt is really not even like it used to be. Uh -huh. That's even diminished. So if you think you're getting iodine in your salt. <laughs> so when it is iodized salt, yeah. that means there is iodine so-called added to the salt. But they don't. They don't mandate it, and they don't actually make uh, make it be tested as much as that. You know, it's just it's not out there. You need to get your iodine, and I I just think get it in your food and stuff. And in Japan, they don't cook with the iodine as much as they use the seasoning. Remember, if you ever heat up seaweed and stuff like that, it changes. If you heat anything up, mm. you change the, the 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 heat. It's kind of like if you make if with oils, uh, aloe vera. They yeah. talk about aloe vera and coconut. It should be processed at room temperature, not okay. heated, mm -hmm. because it keeps the nutrient and the benefits. That's why I, I, we make the old-fashioned way, I believe, doing it at room temperature. And the other thing, we can all of our iodine is made by hand. I mean, we fill the bottles by I hand. I know you do. Because... You cannot use, when you're making Lugo's iodine, elemental iodine is extremely corrosive to metal. That's how you get that, you could get contamination mm. into it. So yeah, we make everything, we use syringes. And so what about, and so I do get, I do get your, your products and uh, again, phenomenal. Phenomenal that you have jumped through the hoops and done the time in order to bring this to the, to the people, you know, and, and your success as far as I'm concerned, Toby, I've known you long enough. It's always been with the right intention, and you've had the success with healing people. So I, I'm, I'll be very grateful. I want to ask, there are people who buy Himalayan sea salt, and they buy Celtic sea salt or Celtic sea salt, whatever you want to call it, and they say, well, when I buy that, I got all the minerals, and I get my iodine. And then some people say, no, they do not have iodine in them, iodine in them, but they have all the other minerals. What, what do you understand about those type of salt? My understanding is, I, I'm not sure. With I, I guess I had to have to take a look at it. But the problem when you're dealing with Himalaya salt and stuff like that, and a lot of these salts, I started reading articles that there's um, counterfeit, hmm. which means... They say it's Himalaya, but it's actually dyed salt. Hmm. And I can't remember. I there's there was an article. Either you put it in water, and if it's red, it's real. If it is white, it's just plain salt, just dyed salt. 
Wow. So there was, there's wow. something. How do you find out if you have real... I, I would tell people, go into your computer and type in, how do you tell if you have Himalaya or real salt? But what I look at is you're not getting enough iodine. I don't care how much salt. If you have to get the amount of iodine you truly need yeah. in salt, you're going to have some serious heart problems. That's right. That is, all, that is the best it. way I can tell. Even it. though sodium is important, I heard another yeah. doctor say, well, what's the first thing to give you when you get in the hospital is a bag of sodium. Right. You know? So, or saline solution. Saline, yeah. Yeah. So it's not that the doctor thinks you are getting too much, and they pretty much give it to everybody. I mean, a lot of people, they give saline solution. So they, they feel that you're deficient in sodium. True. Now, the... The Japanese, you've been talking about the Japanese, and uh, it was an interesting comment you made. Obviously, we do know they take a lot of iodine, and they get a lot of it out of the sea vegetables. I, I used to, a long time ago, I used to be in a macrobiotic diet, and it was Japanese. And then you eat quite a bit of seaweed, wakame, kombu, hijiki, arame, um, nori, the nori rolls. And... You think, wow, this is healthy, right? It looks healthy, so it must be healthy. But you have some concerns about that. A lot of the things that are in the ocean, a lot of things, and this is with a lot of supplements, there's been an issue and there's been concern raised about heavy metal content in supplements. Hmm. There's never been a requirement as to, to stating the amount of heavy metals. Um, we test for heavy metals. Our iodine has less than one part per million. Huh. Well. We test, uh, the. Uh, I think the norm is five parts per million. Yeah. We believe one is, and we can't go much lower than one because that machine's like two or three million dollars. <laughs> oh, wow. So, but the the company, the labs we have, it's 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 pretty, it's still acceptable. We still have the lowest, we have the the highest standard mm. requirement for the, the, uh, the heavy metal. But kelp, now they use a lot of kelp. Now kelp, um, that's a seasoning, it's salty. So Correct. that's why a lot of people use kelp is because it has that salt taste to it. Correct. There's um, kelp powder, right? And there's kelp flakes, flakes or I think so. yeah, granules. So that's where a lot of people they and they don't cook with it as much as they season with it. Hmm. So that's how they get their you know a lot of their iodine through that, which is natural. So what I look at is in the states, a lot of people a lot of people don't like kelp, like the taste of kelp, hmm. or they want to eat their their diet. And that's where I think if you just have the option instead of using salt, because that's what they told us, that's why they made mandatory, you know, iodized salt. Huh. Just spray it on your food without having to worry about the, uh, you know, I guess the sodium. Yeah. And if you had to take, I my understanding is you'd have to take at least a teaspoon or a tablespoon, a teaspoon of salt, tablespoon of salt. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of salt. Yeah, you bet. And especially with the amount of high blood pressure we have. And that's the other thing that's that's interesting. I come across a couple articles that talk about iodine in the blood can if it's if it's deficient, you have it can lead to high blood pressure. 
mm. which is that, that that's just mm. interesting because you know uh, how many times did you, you know we were told well no there's no iodine in the blood but now they're finding out there is iodine in the blood iodine iodine is just it should be the base of the pyramid for health and if you look at it i mean it works with metabolism yeah it's a big one i mean so it, many thyroid problems yeah i yeah. mean it is it just mental i mean if people have emotional problems and that's what i think is going on with mm. a lot of the stress depression everything is I, I just think iodine and i think what if you get the right iodine and get the right supplement get the purest you can I think everything else, and that's why people say, "Well, I'll just take it with trace minerals and stuff like that." That's fine, but iodine needs to be focused on because I, I just, uh, I think it's Alzheimer's, dementia, all those problems with your, depression, your, anxiety, anything those kind of with, with your yeah mental health is going to be it's iodine. I mean, I just if it affects your IQ and if it affects you know numerous things on that you know it's got to affect the mental health and i think if you can get the get the iodine levels up there i believe you can see the mental health add attention dev i mean there's just so much wow. but i really think that if you get the iodine levels down there i think the the medications that they prescribe for this stuff would probably diminish. You wouldn't see the side effects. I mean, some people take a lot of men mental health, a lot of these prescriptions, yeah. and it really messes up other emotions. Out of, out of yeah. part, uh, right, that's right. I mean, it, we're usually not deficient in medication. No. We're deficient in nutrients. Right, but if you, if you take the medications, and all of a sudden, if somebody gets their iodine levels up, does it affect the medication, you know? There, there's just so many questions that if you get the the adequate level and your body is functioning yeah. efficiently, do you need the amount that they prescribe or don't they? And, and that's why we make so many different iodine solutions is because not everybody's the same. Mm. Some people need more, some people need less. Um, so instead of adding, you know, like you said, 300 milligrams, and that's, you know, if it's three milligrams a drop, that's 100 drops. So they can just use like one or, you know, three or four. Drops. Well, and that number came up because of Dr. Brownstein oh, yeah, yeah, in his book about iodine. And I know that uh, I think there was one story I read. He was working with people with cancer, and he gave them higher amounts of iodine. And there was one lady who lived longer than expected much longer, but she ended up finally dying because of the cancer. Right. And he said the only regret he has that he didn't give her 300 milligrams instead he only gave her 100, 150 milligram. Yeah. He is convinced that had he given this lady the 300 milligram, it probably would have saved her life. It, you, there has to be a correlation because if you take a look at Japan, yeah, Fukushima, yeah, they did not have as much radiation poisoning as they should have because mm. people were consuming such large amounts of iodine in their diet. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then we should be taking a lot more iodine. Yeah. But when you have dairy products, I believe dairy products are going to affect a lot with the iodine too because in Japan, they, can, they don't consume many dairy products. Okay. And there's always been, a, they always felt that I, uh, dairy products 
were linked between breast cancer. Huh. Could be. I just think that a lot of times with dairy, there's a lot of antibiotics in, you know, the milk. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the homogenization exactly. and pasteurization. Yeah. That's why goat's milk, I think goat's milk is... is It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. But you need to get a raw goat's yes. milk. Hmm. No, there's just so many things. I, uh, I'm having, you know, my health problems. I have heart problems. Uh, to give you an example, they, they're trying to figure out, I have, my blood pressure is 140, 140, 160. Mm. So, but my beats per minute is between 50 to 60, sometimes as low as 37. Huh. Wow. So what it looks like is my pressure is trying to balance out. And they, we can't figure out what it is. It's maybe it's just, uh, you know, blame it on my Neanderthal, my <laughs> my DNA was tested and what they found out was pretty right. I have what they say Neanderthal yeah. DNA yeah have you tried Hawthorne I know you do, you got yeah that. Hawthorne is good and, and um, hibiscus hibiscus okay hmm. but um, I I'm really looking into potassium here's what I have found when I start feeling like if because my heart does skip and mess around with mm -hmm. beets and stuff, mm -hmm. is I eat a medium red potato. Okay. And because, you know, medium red, uh, the secret with potatoes, because a lot of people, you know, cholesterol and stuff, whatever, is that the smoother the skin, the less the starch. Yeah, I heard it's that a, not long neat, ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a neat concept. So figurines and Yukons, or but they talk about a medium red potato has 10 times the potassium than a banana. Okay. And back in the old days, they used to make what they called potassium soup. So mm -hmm. And so if people are trying to relate that potassium iodide has enough potassium in it, it's not even close. <laughs> wow. Um it's less, I mean, it's like uh, four thousandths of a percent. I mean, it's just not even close, not right. even close. Right. So potassium, I know they're talking about uh, people should get more potassium in their, in their diet because there's a lot of deficiency. In. Yeah, it is weird, though, that when you go to a physician, you get a 325 milligram tablet or 350 milligram tablet of potassium. But if you go to a health food store, they do not sell more than 99 milligram. I know. And some people say the stuff from the doctor doesn't work and, and the one they buy in the health food store does work. So it's very interesting. Uh, apricots, if you, and bananas, both right. are high in potassium if you get the organic stuff. But apricots, you know, you have the dried apricots and maybe you can just soak them overnight put them in some water and right. in the morning they're soft then eat those those yeah. are two of the foods that i know that have a lot of potassium i didn't know about the smooth uh, red potato yeah that's one that uh, i came it was an article i'm trying to remember it wasn't in i don't think it was from the states it was from foreign mm. that's what's scary a lot of a lot of uh, the best articles even with iodine is not from the united states huh I guess there's not enough money into the uh, supplement, you know. But <laughs> right. Well, but potassium. If I feel if a irregular or irregular beat or something like that, I will take a red potato, rinse it off, yeah, put some salt on it, and eat it. 
and within 30, 40 seconds, my heart just smooths out. Really? It is, it, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty impressive. But yeah, I just, medium red potato or mm. Yukon. Uh, I use, I like the figurines myself. Figurines or however they pronounce it. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Potassium avocados are rich. In yeah, it. avocados. Avocados. And uh, squash, for, acorn yeah. squash. Squash is good. Acorn. Watermelon, I'll tell you. Um, they say spinach. Yeah. Hmm. Sweet potatoes. Yeah. Salmon. Hmm. I didn't know salmon. Hmm. Interesting. Apricots, fresh or dried. Grapefruit. Now, see, I have... Broccoli. Go ahead. I'm listening. Here's what's crazy. I can take aspirin, but if I eat uh, vitamin C, like orange juice and stuff, yeah, it, it affects my stomach. I mean, like heartburn Burp and stuff. Yeah. But I can take three, four, three twenty-five milligrams aspirin and have no... Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and oh. it's just a regular cheap dollar aspirin. <laughs> I, I mean, if I do use uh, instead of aspirin, you know, and the reason I do the aspirin is because there was I was in a plane. I was where the heck was I going? But there was this old doctor that was on there. Yeah, and he was he must have been ninety years old. So, and he says aspirin. He says aspirin is, and he we he. For two hours, he talked about aspirin. Wow. And I thought, and... About blood clots and him. stuff, yeah. And if, if this guy's an old school and stuff, I thought, you know... And he told me things about aspirin, eating and stuff, pop, yeah, you know, uh, certain home remedies. And that was... I figured, so ever since then, I, I did aspirin, and I have... You know, the medical field says, oh, don't do it and stuff. But I've read another article that if you take a 325 milligram aspirin every day, you cut your chance of cancer by 60%. So interesting. So, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, they, they, I take 12, you know, or, you know, three to six. And they say, well, you're going to bleed if you get cut and stuff. So mm -hmm. when I go in and take a blood test, <clears throat> they'll poke me. And sometimes they can't even get blood. Really? So... Yeah, and if they do poke me, it they'll get they'll get the 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 the, the aspirin is coming out, and then they'll <laughs> it'll just stop within just once they pull the the needle out, it just stops. Huh. So, no, I don't. I I cut How myself and, and I don't bleed. So huh. I'm thinking if that's the case, what would happen if I never if I didn't take the correct. aspirin? Correct. Yeah. Correct. You really have all solar blood. Well, Toby, I, uh, we're coming here to the end. I, I want to thank you so much for doing this. Let me tell the listeners uh, one more time, if you want to get more information about what Toby is saying, there is, an, there is a very good website that's called lugalsiodinesolution.com, not plural, single, lugalsiodinesolution.com. Now, if you want to get products, go to two different websites. One is Rising Sun iodineproducts.com risingsuniodineproducts.com which is Toby's website. Uh, you can go to bozemannutrition.com 
as well. And uh, the toll-free number is 844-406-2339. I want to I wanna tell you, Toby, it's been very interesting. I learned a lot. I thank you for being here. And let we we have to get you back. Talk about some other interesting it, yeah. topics. Um, once we get in there, and then we'll start talking about. Yeah, like we talked a little bit ago. You know, we used to do. We dealt with black salves, blood root, graviola. Yeah, I we, mean, I used to fed. make. But I worked a lot with plant based. And, yes, you have. But the iodine. Um, yeah, I still keep coming up with new research on iodine, and I'll just keep. And then I eventually will be traveling around doing lectures, health food stores, if they yeah. want me to come in. Cause yeah. People have questions. I mean, they hear of all course. this and everything about it. And I just, I really, um, iodine to me is if if it was mandated by government into the diet, there's got there was something to it. And mm. if they talk about iodine in the World Health Organization and every health agency and every government, then there's a reason for iodine. Mm. Wow. So. Interesting. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you. Folks, that's the end of the program. I appreciate your listening. If you want to learn more about things that I do and write, go to my website. It is healthinfocusnow.com. Healthinfocusnow.com. And if you go to the podcast site, uh, you can actually sign up for my email list, and then we'll let you know when there is a new episode. So thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you again very soon when we have another edition. Have a good day.